way you cut it, 30-somethings are considered actual grown-ups. But many of us feel far from it. It's the bait and switch we didn't see coming. Being in your 30s means something different in a new millennium. But what does that look like? That's what I'm here to find out. I'll be digging into the stories and experiences of a new crop of 30-somethings, myself included. From navigating career dissatisfaction to searching for one's life purpose, all while still having a clear opinion on which 90s boy band reigns supreme, I'll be sharing how we navigate life's highlights and disappointments. This podcast is a series of conversations about life expectations, how we're all dealing, and what comes next. I'm Ashley White, and this is the Adults Aren't Alright podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the Adults Aren't Alright podcast. Today, uh, we're going to dive into Photoshop and how it ruined everything, (laughs) Um, how it wrecked our body image. When I say our, I mean everybody, like the whole, Photoshop is good for absolutely no one, right? Except you when you're using it to make you feel better about the way you look. But to the collective society as a whole, young, developing, impressionable children and teenagers, Photoshop is horrific. Um, but you know, I would, I would argue that for those of us in our thirties now in the nineties, we were, you know, sort of coming, coming of age and really kind of paying attention to, to media and magazines and celebrity and movie stars, et cetera. And we had already been steeped in a culture that did not, that, you know, the general population did not know Photoshop existed. We didn't know Photoshop existed. So we're at this major disadvantage having been, I mean, we don't know what we don't know, right? Like we don't know that every image we had seen of a celebrity or a movie star had been retouched and photoshopped and airbrushed within an inch of its life. We had no idea. So think of what that does to your body image when you are taking in these images and trying to you know, come up with the construct of beauty or what's acceptable and rectifying that with the way that you are as you develop um, in your ugly duckling, super awkward, gangly, or maybe a little, a little pudgy, or maybe a little soft, or maybe a little too tall, too short, whatever you are, when you know, you're sort of hitting puberty, and everything goes haywire, and nothing is synced up, in terms of, you know, body development, like nobody goes through puberty, like really gracefully, to be in that time, and to not know that every image you see of every model everywhere has been, has been photoshopped is, sort of wild. Um, And I wanted to dig into that a little bit today. Okay, so why is Photoshop so damaging? And what do I even mean when I say Photoshop? Um, Let's all just work from the same baseline definition here. So I'm, I'm not talking about removing a zit in Photoshop or a mosquito bite on your leg or a random pole in the background of your photo that appears to be sticking out of your head. That's fine, I get it, I'm with you. Remove the pole, remove the zit. Yes, I'm totally okay with a little light retouching. When I say Photoshop. I'm talking about the distorting of the body, of the skin, of the way a person, especially a woman, looks to the point where it's so not real, even for her. I'm talking about Photoshopping women to be so much smaller than they are, as if her size isn't acceptable, as if her body as it is isn't acceptable, as if her worth is tied to how small she is. And this doesn't even touch on thin privilege and how straight-sized bodies are considered the norm and the only quote-unquote acceptable body is a thin body. This doesn't even touch on that, right? This, is, this here is only talking about the distortion 
the very narrow acceptance and criticism of what is considered beautiful, the making the completely unrealistic seem true. So that is what I mean when I say Photoshop. Okay, so we've established that. Now, why is it so damaging? Um, You know, simply, if you think about it, when you never see images that are real, and you don't know that they're not real, and you don't look like the images you see, you're going to feel bad about yourself. You're going to feel different. You're going to feel not normal, um, abnormal even. Um, it's It's the most basic concept of representation. We need to see ourselves, whoever we are, whatever we look like, in order to feel acceptable and accepted, to feel seen. And this is especially true in those formative developmental years when you're when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, and you're just trying to figure out the world around you and how you fit in. Um, and I want to I want to acknowledge that, you know, I'm this run-of-the-mill straight-sized cisgendered able-bodied white woman. Okay, so I was a straight-sized cisgendered able-bodied teenage girl, um, and I want to be sensitive to the fact that while my experience is valid. I must acknowledge that I cannot understand how difficult it would be to also be black or brown or trying to figure out my gender identity or, you know, I was also disabled because, you know, these people, these these human beings are even less represented um, both then and now, right? We, we were not an inclusive society in the 90s. Uh, we're not an inclusive society now. We're getting better, but we still have a lot of work to do. Um, I'm rambling, but my general point is this. When what you look like consistently doesn't match up with the standard of beauty you're seeing in media, it's a problem for your development, period. Okay, it's a problem. So much so that in the 2000s, the the AMA, or the American Medical Association, they issued a statement criticizing this type of manipulation in advertising, saying that um, it contributed to unrealistic body expectations, eating disorders, and other emotional problems. Quote, unquote. Um, You know, now at the time, this was met with mixed response. Some people agreed and others disagreed and, you know, wrote think pieces (laughs) like one Elizabeth Pearl, who wrote wrote a piece called Photoshop isn't evil and uh, said that her, quote, knee jerk reaction to hearing this news was a long, exaggerated eye roll, end quote. Okay. Um, Elizabeth felt that the AMA statement was too little too late and that also, quote, frankly might make it worse for models, actresses, singers, and other performers for whom the pressure to alter their bodies will only be heightened, end quote. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the root of it, isn't it? That we as a society are always pressuring women to be as small and as smooth and as perfect as possible, be it in Photoshop or in real life. Uh, Yeah, hi, Elizabeth. The point that you missed is above your head. Um, anyway. I can't find this policy on the AMA's website here in 2021. And that's likely because, you know, at the time there wasn't a study or any specific evidence that would directly link Photoshop to something diagnosable, right? Like an eating disorder or an emotional problem. Those things would have need to have been graded according to requirements in um, the, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It would have been the DSM-4 at the time. We're on the DSM-5 now. Um, But basically, that is the agreed-upon sort of clinical standard by which doctors, medical community, et cetera, makes these types of diagnoses. So it was kind of a you-can't-say-it-if-you-can't-cite-it type of deal. But, you know, my point, my point is, even if we can't medically cite the harm that Photoshop can do, it's common sense that Photoshop, when misused, can do harm. For, For me... And for many of 
many of you, the first um, sort of introduction into Photoshop we got was this this 90s documentary that was called Killing Us Softly. And um, it was this doc that criticized the advertising industry and the way that it portrayed and objectified and distorted women's bodies. And I remember it vividly because it, you know, sort of quote unquote exposed the Photoshop used in magazines and advertisements. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can check it out. I'm sure if you don't know what I'm talking about, when you see the images, you'll probably remember it because this documentary really sparked a conversation about Photoshop that sort of spun up and for for a little while there in the in the mid '90s. Um, but anyway, it was this doc was wild because before then we didn't understand the concept of Photoshop or understand the prevalence of how often it was used, and so we had been just sort of cruising through life believing that the images we saw were that's how those people really looked and that was not the case and then this documentary came out and it showed you know not only were they airbrushing everyone and you know sort of creating this distorted reality they were airbrushing people that were already like a standard of beauty that many of us could not attain right so I mean, in, in the 90s, the the standard of beauty, we really only showed like one standard. You know, it's thin. It's sometimes super thin when it comes to the, you know, grungy heroin chic models like Kate Moss. Um, it's almost exclusively white. And so when you say that even that standard of beauty was totally unattainable for everyone because they're models, well, it's also unattainable for the models because the images we're seeing of these models have been photoshopped and retouched. So by the time we learned it was an illusion, it was like it was too late. We were brainwashed and, you know, damaged by it, I would argue. Um, I I remember, you know, thumbing through my YM or Seventeen magazine. And, you know, as as a teenage girl, you are comparing yourself to, you know, every woman, every model, every, you know, standard of beauty tenfold, right? And to, you know, be reading about these mouseketeers or these models or these actresses and already knowing that they had such a quote-unquote glamorous life, right? Um, And then they were just so beautiful and so perfect. And it just further upped the ante, like, you're never going to be that. And then then to have the the sort of the curtain pulled back and you, you realize that they didn't even look like that. Like, the images they saw were not who they really were it's just it's all so messed up and it's it's so um damaging in in so many ways and you know you you would think that like oh well like you learned about it and so then you just knew that everything you saw was fake no like that actually wasn't the case we you know the documentary landed and then I remember a couple news outlets like maybe a like a dateline or whatever precluded e-news i remember them doing you know sort of quick hit stories on photoshop and it was it was really just mostly an attempt to dig up the before and after shots of movie stars on magazine covers right like it was just let's find out what cindy crawford looks like without without retouching or whatever it was it wasn't it wasn't really about disrupting the industry and so after this initial buzz that story kind of faded away and it didn't really change the industry at all 
and you know the media went right back into editing and over editing women images of women in their catalogs and magazines and shaving waistlines and smoothing skin to the point of perceived perfection and we all just kind of continued on um there wasn't a you know a body positive or a body neutral or a normalized normal bodies movement after that mostly because there was no way to launch those movements right the people in charge of spreading that message would be the magazines themselves and they sure as shit weren't doing it um photoshop is what sold retouching is what sold that was the that was the standard of beauty and you had to sort of fall in line media wise right to sell to sell advertisements to sell magazines and we didn't have like a social media to show us real unfiltered images you know everything back then ran through a publishing house and so if the if the people who are in charge of showing you the images have a vested interest in showing you images that are photoshopped and not real, like then we're never gonna get it, right? And, and so even though we got a taste of like, oh, Photoshop exists, we were already so baked into believing the images we saw were real and taking them at face value and immediately internalizing them and analyzing them and analyzing ourselves against them. Like, of course this didn't make it better. Just knowing that Photoshop existed didn't make it better because after we learned about it, it went right back into the ether. This would obviously be the case if, you know, you spent the, the majority of your life, you know, up to that point, not understanding what Photoshop was, not understanding that the images that you were seeing weren't real. And then you just get like a little taste of clarity, like a, like a couple, you know, a few isolated examples of Photoshop and like the concept of Photoshop. But then very, very quickly, the curtain falls back in front of your eyes and no one talks about it. And you don't have those examples of real bodies or what normal skin looks like or anything like that. So of course we went right back into feeling like the way we looked was wrong, weird, or just not pretty enough. Of course we did. Um, no one, no one was telling us any different anymore. And yes, Photoshop is absolutely still happening today and it's still damaging today, but at least the kids now are aware of it. At least they know about Photoshop. They know it exists. They understand that most images they see um, involve it and it's way more accessible in the form of you know, Facetune and Instagram filters and apps you can just download on your phone to help you tweak things or look different or whatever. You know, I would argue that in fact, not using Photoshop or going unfiltered is actually way more rare than than using Photoshop in just in our media, not just magazines, not just, you know, not just big media, right? So, you know, Gen Z and whatever whatever they're calling the generation born after 2009, which, you know, is after I graduated college. So take a shot if you feel like jumping off a cliff. Um, at least these guys understand that almost every picture they see of a model, celebrity, or influencer has been retouched in some way, shape, or form. So at least they have that inner dialogue of what they're seeing is is not real. We didn't have that at all. And, you know, for me, let me know if this was true for you too. It took me a long time to be able to spot the Photoshop. Um, and honestly, sometimes I still can't. Like those, oh, look at these wavy lines comments and um, the side-by-side Instagram comparisons where the Photoshop is apparently obvious. Uh, I got to tell you, sometimes I can't see it. Um, and, you know, is this because I didn't grow up knowing about it, using it, and then, you know, dissecting it? One would argue that a skill is honed over time, and I had a lot less time with it than, say, a 17-year-old today, right? This 
also means I'm pretty trash at editing. I mean, I can hang. I can smudge clothing wrinkles, which comes in handy on the blog for sure. And I can, you know, fix the aforementioned blemish or mosquito bite. But I can't create, like, Kylie Jenner level Photoshop magic with my photos at all. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to, per se, but... I'm saying I think I missed out on the opportunity to just absorb the ability by simply being alive at the right time. You know, like I I enjoyed with the internet, for example. Um, I think growing up now, you're just, you're getting that that education, that Photoshop education via societal osmosis. Okay, and here's another argument for Photoshop being damaging. It directly contributes to the, the fake element of social media. Think about it. It's a it's a tool by which everyone can polish their already really fucking shiny highlight reel. Um, you know, you've got these Instagram grids that are full of stretched out legs because people are using wide angle iPhone camera settings, and there's a lot of round peachy butts and tiny waists, and everyone is really really tan and doing a very nice, believable fake laugh, and sometimes a lot of the time carrying a bouquet of hydrangeas or roses that were previously hanging out of their farmhouse sink. Um, speaking of speaking of butts, can I tell a pretty embarrassing story about how I didn't understand for a long time how all these Instagram babes had such like round, perfect butts. I, I was like, my butt does not look like that at all. Like not at all. And I, I mean, I squat, like I work out. Uh, my butt doesn't look like that. Um, it took me a really long time, way longer than I would care to admit, that I, that I learned that it was all just, it was all in the pose and the angle and, and usually some airbrushing and it was um, the booty pop, right? Do they still, do they still call it that, the, the booty pop? When you, when you stick out one cheek and, or I guess sometimes the whole thing, and it not only makes your butt rounder and bigger, it also smooths out um, the naturally occurring totally normal, absolutely okay, uh, cellulite and stretch marks. But I didn't know this. I had no idea. Um, and I have a fashion blog for fuck's sake. Um, and I mean, to be fair, my blog really isn't the kind of blog where booty popping is a necessary or relevant skill for me to acquire. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a fitspo blogger, not wearing a bikini or anything like that on the blog. There's not a lot of beach shots, uh, if you catch my drift, but so this really wouldn't be you know, a necessary skill for me. But I have to tell you, after I learned how to do it, I, I tried it in the mirror and I was like, you know what? Like, my butt looks like theirs. Like, I have a nice ass. Thank you very much. And this is funny and I and I sound silly in it, but honestly, it was expansive because I realized, oh, their butts probably don't look like that all the time either. They're posing. And when they're not posing, their butt probably looks like a little more like my butt does when I'm not posing. It's a, It's like seeing to believe. This is... It's important to see to see all of it because when you only see one tiny portion, you believe that one tiny portion is the all the time. I mean, th- think about the ways in which camera angles and the way we only see the quote unquote flattering ones, you know, in filters and Photoshop. Think about the ways they create that illusion of perfection on social media, sort of getting back after I digress about booty popping. Um, if you don't know that they're just angles, and when she releases the breath she's holding and stops flexing every muscle, her stomach looks a lot more like yours. If you don't know that, you're comparing yourself to one tiny sliver of who she is for the briefest second until the camera goes off. How unfair is that? 
if you if you don't know Photoshop has been heavily applied, you think your pores are too big uh, just because they're visible, or you hate how your skin wrinkles and folds when you, you know, bend and move your body. When an when an Instagram grid is you know three by three after three by three of itsy bitsy slices of time where someone has contorted herself into a shape she can only hold for mere seconds, of course you're gonna think she looks like that all the time because that's all you see. You don't know what you don't know. You have, to, you have to see to understand. You have to see repeatedly and in proper ratio to the posed and the edited pictures to understand. And I'm in, I'm in no way blaming the models or the influencers or anyone. Anyone, by the way. This is no, one's, no one person's fault. This is societal beauty standards pummeling us all, right, into submission. I can't fault a girl for picking the photo where she feels the most beautiful because for her, and for most of us, if we're honest, you know, it's the photo where she looks the fittest or the smallest or the tannest or whatever because that's what the world has drummed, you know, into her that beauty is. That's what the world has drummed into all of us that beauty is. It's this very narrow, narrow definition that doesn't actually exist. I can't fault anyone for that. And I'm certainly not above it. You know, I say, I say all of this. I tell this story, um, not not the booty pop one, but all of these sort of Photoshop musings, because I think it's really important to talk about it and continue to talk about it, the existence of it, the camera angles, all of it, because we're still not seeing the proper ratio of real versus not real, posed versus unposed. And one of the the biggest, most expansive things for me was to go out and find girls who looked like me and who showed what they looked like sort of in all, you know, at all times. Um, I'll link a few of my favorite accounts in in the show notes. But, you know, these babes are like, yeah, this is what my stomach looks like when I'm not posing. No angle is a bad angle. Um, bodies move, bodies fold, skin wrinkles. Here's what's up. And it's like, yeah, my body looks like that too. Amazing, tight. Like things, are, things aren't as bad as, you know, society would have you believe. So I would... I would highly recommend. I would recommend that for anyone. It, it's been really good for my my body image. Got to tell you, um, it's it's been a real case study for me to to sort of try that out on myself and go out and expose myself to more Instagram accounts, social media accounts, blogs, what have you, where you're getting more of a realistic picture and just what that's done in terms of my own my own body image and how I feel about my body on any given day uh you you can tell yourself all you want that it's fake that it's not real that it's filtered that she's airbrushed that she's whatever and that's probably true but your brain literally won't truly believe it until you see otherwise that just rewires things upstairs and so that is why I would 100% recommend going out and finding accounts that sort of do that for you. I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I have enjoyed bringing it to you. I've enjoyed uh, diving into this topic. I I do think it's really important. Um, I want to hear what you think about it. So there are links to follow me in the show notes and you can connect there and send me your comments, questions, and ideas. You can subscribe to The Adults Aren't All Right anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. In the meantime, I've been your host, Ashley White, and we'll chat soon.